0: Hi, and welcome to Security Explained. I'm Chris Grayson. I'm Drew Porter. And I'm Logan Lamb. We're coming to you every two weeks with tips and tricks on how to protect yourself and your loved ones out there on the internet and in real life. With DEF CON about to start, we want to give folks a peek inside of what one should expect during a hacking conference, as well as list some of our favorite conferences. From everyday tips and tricks to surviving the con, to how to make the most of it. Join us as we talk about Hacker Summer Camp and more. Security conferences have a, a pretty special place for me because they are actually a big part of how I got started in the industry. Um, and this is a kind of brief story here. Uh, once upon a time, I was the head of the Georgia Tech Hacking Club. And I was trying to grow the organization and get more people into it. And so, I was talking to the administration for the, the College of Computing. And I was like, yeah, I should really send us to DEF CON. And, and the administration was like, tell me more. I was like, well, you'd be paying for a bunch of underage students to go to Vegas. And they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so, instead, we found another conference that was in Tennessee. And it was called SkydogCon. And, you know, Georgia Tech is in Georgia, so we could drive to SkyDogCon. And we were able to rent a van and bring up a bunch of folks from the hacking club. And so we went to SkyDogCon. And that was my first introduction to a conference. And um, we actually brought up two CTF teams as well. So we participated in the CTF. And so we brought two teams. And it turns out that we actually got second and third place at the CTF. Dope. Out of three teams. And, uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, so we got blast. Uh, but the, the folks that organized SkydogCon Con were also very close to the folks that organized Shmoo Con, which is a bit of a larger conference. Um, it's kind of harder to get tickets to. It's up in D.C. Uh, but what was really nice was they, for, for the second place team, the prize was one two tickets to ShmooCon the next year, and then two uh, vouchers for offensive security certification courses. So that is why I have my OSCE certification, because that's how I got access to that course was through through uh, Sky.Con. I just wanted to point out, I think you're really underselling just how difficult it is to get tickets to ShmooCon. It is oh, impossible. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. As soon as the tickets go for sale, they're sold out within the Amazing. first 60 seconds. Yep. Yep. Yep, Then I think there's even like memes or stickers is, uh, that people bring to ShmooCon that are like the F5 smashing because people are uh, just, just hitting refresh on the page so much. But yeah, so so it, it's hard to get tickets to ShmooCon. So we got tickets to ShmooCon. And so I went to ShmooCon and that is actually where I meant uh, Deviant, Alam, because at ShmooCon that year, there was a Master King competition which was uh, basically Devian Alam, who is one of the main folks behind Tool, the open organization of lock pickers. Is that what that stands for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they have this competition called a master keying competition. And basically, this guy gives a presentation on how uh, master keys work with the lock cylinders. And he shows that like, oh, yeah, it turns out that if a cylinder is mastered, you can, there's an attack that you can do on it to derive the master key. Uh, given cool. given that you have a key that already works, and so and and so there was this competition where they actually took a bunch of mastered cylinders and put them all around the conference, and then would would give you a key to one of them, and they're like, okay, cool, first person to figure out the master wins. And so I actually ended up winning that, and that and the prize for that was a ticket to the next year ShmooCon so, I ended up going to ShmooCon the next year as well. And so, so basically, I kind of flipped my uh, administration at the College of Computing, paying for a single conference, into going to ShmooCon and going to, to uh, SkyDogCon. And that was where I met all the folks. And that kind of got me into it. I saw my initial talks. I saw, uh, oh, what was it called? Um, what's the, what is the... Team Fortress Two plus CTF, Hack Fortress. There we go. Got it. I've got a story about Hack Fortress and, and a friend that I, I'll have to share later. But so it's, it's where I saw all this stuff, and I was fully enamored at that point. Um, and so bringing it, bringing it back, you know, security conferences are you know front and center in my mind around kind of like how how this culture where, where this culture comes from in the modern modern day. Um, and I, I've, you know, I've really enjoyed going to them, although I haven't gone to as many in this past year and a half as I would have liked. None of us have. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a list of our favorite conferences, and I think that brings us to what's going to be happening.
1: Is it right now? When is it? When is DEFCON? Uh, so at the release of this episode, DEFCON will be the next day. Ooh, oh, man. Should I? Should we go? Mm. Uh I'm, I'm not <laughs> planning on it. All, 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 all the important meetings that I have at DEF CON are now meetings on the golf course. So I'll be doing ah. that literally Thursday and Friday instead of going to DEF CON. Good drive. Good drive. It's not that far. It's cheap. I, I, I'm going to be in San Diego too. So, you know, it's even, ah. it's even closer. Oh, I we do. could all carpool together because then I'll be like two hours away from you all. <laughs> That'd be fun. Carpool Here I Defcon. am, doxing you guys on the podcast. <laughs> yes, I do live on the Baja Peninsula. That's a great, great point. <clears throat> I, I was saying Tijuana. Yeah. Uh,
0: yep. 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 <laughs> yep. It's it's a shame that I can't get back into the states all that easily. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so Defcon is coming up, and I know that that's one of our favorites. But what what are what are some of the, y'all's favorites? Other than well, DEF CON.
1: Well, let's say DEF CON is our favorite conference, but not because of the conference, right? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. get into that. Or at least that, that's my reasoning. Uh, um, DEF CON has everything at this point. It's so huge.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. Well, and it's it's also where everybody goes, right? Like yep. every time, it's the one time a year where, you know, there, there's some folks that I don't know that are holdouts, but even if you're not into the talks that year, even if you're not really into kind of the the... The ecosystem around the conference, you don't like being in 110 degree heat in Vegas, like all that stuff. It's the one time of year that I'm most likely to see all of my friends from the industry um,
1: in the same place. Yep. 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 And it's got a ton of like side events that happen at the same time, right? Oh, yeah. So that's where it's really at. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, uh, besides the hacker buddies, DEF CON also has the presence of...
0: Just other people who aren't all... They're indirectly related to the security industry. Mm-hmm. Like, we have lots of G-men. We have some people in politics. Yep. Um, all of that. It's and its the place where anybody that's like, I want to go see the hackers goes to goes DEF CON.
1: Well, it's also yeah. a great place to have teams that you normally can't converse because of, I don't know, dumb rules or stuff like that where they can actually converse in person, right? Yeah. Um, we, uh, you know, last DEF CON that I went to, you know, we were sitting down with politicians, explaining things to them and stuff like that. Like that's a whole bunch of people go there, not just because it's fun to, you know, watch the hackers as Chris said, <laughs> 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 like a zoo. <laughs> I, I, it, it Sometimes it feels like a zoo. Yeah. Don't, don't touch. They bite. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> um, but it is a place where, a mix of people can come together and uh, start talking about things that affect not just the industry, but, you know, their particular, uh, whether it be country or regulations or laws that are coming up. And that's that's one of my favorite parts of DEFCON personally, is that mm-hmm. being able to get that mix of people, right? We can get the Danish, you know, military, we can get our, you know, spooks. Our politicians all in the same area talking about things that matter.
0: So, uh, so is it fair to say the DEF CON is the conference that most
1: facilitates collaboration? If you do DEF CON correctly, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think it, that's true. If you don't do DEF CON correctly, then it facilitates Tons of headaches and uh, no sleep. You Not know, Large, I don't know. I large think it bar bills. in both cases, <laughs>
0: <laughs> whether you're doing it right or wrong, you might have at least one headache, uh, inclusive or. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Outside um, of outside of Defcon, though, like my favorite conference is Torcon. Um, actually, mm. Torcon is my favorite conference above all other conferences, including Defcon. Like nothing, mm. in my opinion comes close to what I've been able to, you know, experience at Torcon. And, and it, it's, a, it's a larger conference now. Uh, it was smaller, but even though it's larger now, it doesn't have that overwhelming effect like DEF CON does, right? DEF CON is tens of thousands of people. Well, it was mm-hmm. like 30 or 40,000 people last time or some crazy number like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Torcon, you know, I think it's still under 2,000 people. And it feels more... Personable, and it's especially definitely if, like, more intimate. Yeah, it, it, if you're a speaker, um, you know it, it's great because you have the ability to really dive into those one-on-one questions that some people might have. Where at DefCon, you don't always have that opportunity. But more importantly, if you're not a speaker and you do have those questions that you want to ask the speaker, it is much easier to do that at TorCon. Cause you'll see them, you know, at the yeah. bar five minutes later or in the, in the general like vendor area. And you can just really dive down into subjects that you like are super passionate about with the people who are doing, you know, awesome research in that area, which is why I, uh, you know, love Torcon. And it's not just cause it was my first place where I gave my first talk. Um, actually my favorite talk ever was given at TorCon, and it was the first talk I ever saw. It was called "Hacking Time." Um, and Whoa! I, yeah <laughs> the, the, Whoa, uh, the 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 person's name I, I I feel so bad because I was just thinking of his name. He's actually well known in the industry. Um, but uh, here I'll try to I'll try to look it up. Uh, but yeah, it was it was my favorite talk, and like I took that talk, and I was like, "Yep, I'm going to implement this in my life," and it's worked great. You've been hacking time. Dude, that's why I don't sleep. A time hacker. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) So as a follow-on to that, Drew, uh, TourCon is also my favorite, but TourCon every other year, they do TourCamp, and TourCamp is my favorite version of TourCon. Mm. Um, It's a hacker camp in the woods, so a bunch of hackers go out to the San Juan Islands in the Pacific Northwest and camp out and attend talks. It's super cool. And there's all sorts of memorable things there. As a, for example, um, a group comes at an organization called Shady And what Shady does <laughs> is, it, you know, they have their workers come around in like reflective vests with clipboards and a piece of paper where you can fill out the form. And then you can get a telephone number for your campsite. And then they'll bring you an old school like phone that you plug into a wall. I know that's hard to conceive of at this point. And they'll run a a telephone line to your phone and give you a phone number. So then you can call people around the campsite. And um, I don't know if it was the last time or the time before, but uh, there was someone there. I don't know if I should mention who it was, but... You could pull, pick up the phone and dial taco and then ask for a taco. And then you would have a taco delivered to your tent by, via drone. <laughs> I remember seeing that and just being like, I like hearing a drone because you always hear that like, whirr of a drone. You're like, oh, there's a drone. And then it see it's like carrying something and then it just like kind of dips down and somebody like reaches up and then pulls something out of a box and then shoves it into the mouth. And I was like, what the hell did I just watch? It was like taco uh, delivery via drone. (laughs) uh, I I have a very vivid memory of waking up, you know, somewhat hungover in the morning, stepping out of my tent to a beautiful day. And then uh, I already had a taco descending in front of my tent. And (laughs) he he was like, hey, man, I thought you might just need a taco. (laughs) (laughs) My phone call required. My uh, it was so interesting to see because, yeah, because it's this group called shady tail and they effectively set up a pstn or like a old school telephone network um and i could not get one set up for my tent because you have to fill out a work order and part of the work order includes like the phone number you want but also your geo coordinates and i was like how the hell are these people getting their geo coordinates uh but yeah (laughs) you can effectively set up an old school telephone network and, and you can just just call each other on it um yeah i i tour camp is amazing and also like the pacific northwest just in general is such a beautiful beautiful spot but to like to get to tour camp you had to fly to seattle like get access to a vehicle drive north of the city to the ferry terminal get on a ferry and take the ferry to orcas island drive on orcas island and then get to the actual campsite and Um, set up camp and and set up camp like yeah this is you're actually camping at it's like it's like an outdoor music festival but it's a hacker conference um and it yeah that was that was such a cool time um to that, the the before times yeah yeah, yeah the the before times, I'm sure it will <laughs> happen again in the after times as well, but yeah it's it might still be a minute um so i I put two other conferences on here that when uh when I put them on you know, I am apparently the only one to have gone to these, uh, so ShmooCon, I've already talked about uh but one of the things that I really like about ShmooCon is it is significantly smaller than something like DEFCON, but generally speaking, the quality of talks that they have there, the quality of programming, the people that are attending, all that stuff, it rivals kind of the bigger conferences. So you have a pretty great concentration of just like kind of raw talents and um, and community, but you don't have to deal with the absolute massive crowds that you do have to deal with at, at you know, Hacker Summer Camp. Um and then also one of the things that I really appreciate about Schmookon is, and I, I think they're still doing it. And I think I have this right. Uh, they have a ticket because it's so hard to get tickets. They have a ticket that you can buy that is actually twice the price of a normal ticket. Um, and my understanding is that these like basically don't run out. And when you buy one of these tickets, you're actually purchasing a ticket for somebody that's in college. Uh, so you can get access to the conference at a premium and at that premium, you are also letting a younger student into the conference uh, free of charge. This is at Shmoocon. At Shmoocon, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, cool. yeah. So I, I really like the organizers, and I really like the you know. The, the, I I also think that's why I got to go to Shmoocon twice is because like they they're very much pro students, and that's one of the reasons that tickets to Shmoocon were included in the um in the winning package for the team that I was on. Um. And then there's also SummerCon, so SummerCon is up in New York City, and it's much smaller. Uh, and I just I like sh- SummerCon because I like the folks that organize it and the folks that are around it. Um, lots of good good people that show up. But just generally speaking, the New York hacker family is um, <laughs> a bunch of
1: bunch of cool people. But yeah, tacos delivered by drone. I mean, it's hard to beat that. It, yeah. it is uh, hard to be. And that talk I was talking about, it's called Poning Time and it's by G Even Mark. better. Poning time. Hey, who's it by? G Mark. G Mark. I had G Mark, I have heard of this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's uh you definitely have. If you look him up, you'll be like, Oh yeah, okay. Like, oh that yeah, I yeah, gotcha. Yep. It is my it is my all time favorite talk ever.
0: So Poning Time. Yep. I'll have to that's usually what i refer to when i hop on a video game ponent time (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i have been trying to play call of duty Warzone with friends a bit recently and every single time i get absolutely wrecked and pull my team down (laughs) it's so hard to play games now all of the kids will be like you're garbage and i'm like i know like yeah i know i know know. just wait till you're my age (laughs) i'm losing (laughs) losing that fast twitch
1: (laughs) So I got to play that solo campaign. I don't need a twelve-year-old kid telling me he slept with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's real. <laughs> oh, Call of Duty. All right.
0: So, so those are the those are the the various conferences that we like. But I think we have a big section here slotted for DefCon. DefCon because it's happening next. I'm so. The more that we talk about this, the more that I'm like, dude, I might just have to drive out for the weekend. Like, I might just have
1: to go out for Saturday. I know uh, we could I, I thought I thought about it I thought about it but uh nah I can't I I, mean, I canceled my hotel room last night like, officially. Uh, like well
0: there's plenty of cheap motels in Vegas dude it's no problem yeah well <laughs> 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 no <laughs> I'm,
1: not, I'm, uh, I'm gonna leave that there <laughs> So <laughs> Defcon, <laughs> it's called hacker summer camp hacker right? summer camp yep you've heard it a few times already Yep, or a vodka beach party. You know, whatever you want to call it. Um, it is is—it it is an experience. Um, mm-hmm. The sights, the smells, uh, <laughs> not necessarily good smells. We'll get into that uh, here, but uh, and, and just the atmosphere. It, it, it's pretty cool. And though there's a ton of people there, uh, I haven't met someone at defcon and this maybe this is because i haven't met you know everyone uh but i haven't met someone at defcon that was like a total asshole like if if you see them doing something that looks cool and you go up to them they're not gonna be like oh who are you scrub they'll be like yo this is what i'm doing like you, you want in on this like we can totally start hacking stuff together right now uh and and it's 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 awesome i mean Years ago, before they had uh, a village around this, someone just dropped a voting machine off Mm -hmm. at DEF CON. This is in like 2011. And they just dropped it in the Hacker Jeopardy area. And I'm looking at this thing. And this guy next to me is looking at it. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I didn't know what it was. And he's like, I think that's a voting machine. I'm like, oh, can we touch it? Because this is my first DEF CON. <laughs> and, and, and he was just like, uh, I mean, I'm going to. So I was like, cool. <laughs> I'm going to join you. And we just started hacking on this. And like, literally, it was like within the hour, there were, you know, 10 people huddled around this machine and were writing code. And uh, it, had, it had a, uh, you know, like a lock on it, which was easily picked. It was a master lock. And it was just a hilarious experience, and that's what DefCon is about, right? And that's why they call it Hacker Summer Camp.
0: Because well, I want to, I want to clarify one point on the Hacker Summer PM because DefCon specifically to me is not called Hacker Summer Camp. It is the, it is the Black Hat followed by B sides followed by DefCon that is collectively referred to as like, oh, this is Hacker uh, Summer Camp because yeah, you go into yeah, yeah, the yeah. desert. So, so that. That is, and I don't know if that's happening this year, um, just because the whole pandemic has really turned things on its head. But typically, what happens is you have the Black Hat Security Conference, um, which is still like it—it's hacker-ish, like it's—it's it's definitely it's like more trying professional. to. It's, it's very much it's more...
1: hack. It's corporate hacks. <laughs> it's, it's corporate <laughs> no, no, hacks, not, not, not in a bad way. It's like corporate. It's like corporate hacker con, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. corporate hacks. Gotcha. Uh, the <laughs> you so, see
0: the G-men and the spooks in suits at Black yeah. Hat, and then they come to Def Con and wear Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirts. Oh my, it's my just god! The yep. thing. Time, why? <laughs> so, it's a meme and it's real. <laughs> so, so the first they'll they'll have the Black Hat security conference, which is. Um, quite expensive to get into and the talks that they have are very much geared towards like enterprise and and the the folks that attend are typically cut from a different cloth um and then and so that's on one weekend and then in the middle of the following week you have b-sides which b-sides is a security conference i i I don't know if it's like the same organization or if it's just like what you refer to as the conferences that are kind of happening to the side but b-sides security conferences happen all the time and they usually happen right next to another security conference. And the idea behind B-sides is it's like, these are the talks that didn't make the cut into the main conference, but they're still really good. So there's another venue or another avenue for folks to talk about the research. So you'll have Blackout on the first weekend, and then you have B-sides in the middle. And B-sides will have a bunch of the talks that either didn't make it into Blackout or didn't make it into Def Con. And then the following weekend, you have DEFCON. Um, and so folks that end up staying for the whole time, it's like nine or ten days in Las Vegas dealing with hacker types. Uh, and that is Hacker Summer Camp. Uh, that's a lot. I, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm
1: exhausted it, just saying a, that. Uh, it's exhausting to do all that. And I think yeah. we've all done all those uh-huh. like a few yeah. times. Mm. and. I'm pretty sure B-Sides happens
0: concurrently with Black Hat. And Black Hat does have okay. overlap yeah, at, by At the day. very
1: end, yeah. It's on the okay. tail end.
0: Yeah, yep. Because I remember the first time I went to B-Sides, the way it was described to me, it was for people who wanted the hacker summer camp experience but didn't want to pay to go to Black Hat. So it's like, come to B-Sides where you can drink uh, all you want and see talks. Uh, and And Black Hat tickets are like hundreds if not thousands no, of dollars no they're thousands of dollars yeah thousands yeah. of dollars yeah which is it's why so it's crazy. which is why you, you don't get the riffraff <laughs> <laughs> well don't you know. don't I have the obvious riffraff <laughs> yeah that's that's fair that's fair the riffraff is wearing suits um but that okay so one of the one of the bullet points that we have on here one of one of the bullet points that we have on here is related to electronics because one thing that mm. folks well, one of the things that is always touted is like, this is the piece of knowledge that you should follow whenever you go to these hacker conferences, especially DEF CON, is you should bring a burner phone and a burner laptop. What do y'all think about that? Uh, the first time I went to Black Hat and DEF CON, I think it was like 2011. I was definitely one of those types who brought a burner phone and a burner mm-hmm. laptop because I was so worried about getting popped there. hmm and contrast that with what i do now i'll bring my laptop i'll bring my phone but you just have to do some you have to not be dumb with what you connect to that's basically it turn (laughs) off bluetooth turn off wi-fi and stay the hell away from drew what yes (laughs) Um, if you can make your phone 4g or higher only and if you see any
1: anything laying on the ground like a thumb drive or anything just don't don't, t- don't touch it. Good lord! <laughs> don't do that. So, so when I go to Defcon, um, I come. I have a spare laptop and spare phone that I just bring, but so I, like I don't care if it gets stolen, uh, which mm-hmm. is the number one reason why I do it, uh, and I don't care if uh, you know uh, it gets compromised because I have no real work stuff on it. I have no work stuff on them uh, mm-hmm. at all. So. I just have what I need for that conference, which will be like, you know, a PowerPoint presentation or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but then th- that's it. You know, There th- in the early years or earlier years, I should say, like around 2010, where mass adoption of cell intercepting devices were coming onto the market because people are building them with like – um Uh, with commercially available open source radios. Uh, I think that was the real prime time to like stay away from, uh, Mm. (laughs) from bringing your personal device, but now, Mm -hmm. uh, downgrade attacks were rampant for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and we didn't have things such as like signal, right. Or what it was used Mm -hmm. to know in a secure text or red phone, um, so, all your text messages would be going through SMS, which could be captured and yeah, seen. Not, and stuff not like mm-hmm. Yeah, not so, encrypted. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a period of time where it was like, yeah, it was like a legitimate concern. But I think now, as long as you follow the like 4G or higher only, like set that as a preference on your phone if you can, um, then, then you should be fairly solid. I, again, but I don't, I still don't bring my main devices just because they can get stolen. And that doesn't happen a lot at DEF CON, but mm-hmm. I have had it happen to some friends. So that's why I'm like, oh, OK, I'm just going to, like, bring burner devices, essentially, that I don't care if they get they get, uh you know, taken. Uh, it do you have think any that's more of a on it?
0: Do you think that's more of a travel tip or really applicable to DEF CON?
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, it could also be a travel tip. Like if I travel overseas, I do the same thing. So, like, I have a laptop and I have a phone for, like, overseas travel. Um because long behold, uh, freaking always, always getting visited in the hotel room. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I leave the hotel room. I just had this happen uh, in Dubai, actually. Um, I leave the hotel room. I have like the do not disturb sign on there. And sure enough, it's like someone comes in and they're taking photos of like everything. And it's just like, all right. And how do I know this? Well. Cause I install hidden cameras in yeah. my hotel room, <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got lot I got I got a few videos of like people legitimately coming into rooms. So I have videos of people coming in my friends' rooms and they're like looking through stuff. And Drew like, is is that a reverse compromat? Yeah, <laughs> 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 I uh uh I, it, it's just something that I do now, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but at like at at Torcon, like I'll just have like my regular laptop with me um because mm-hmm. i'm i'm usually doing you know more business centric items uh, besides just meetings at torcon i'm still you know i might still be working on um, some business plan or strategy plan for a company um while i'm going to torcon where at defcon i'm just like doing DevCon things in fact mm. during during the time of defcon my entire company it is guaranteed pto every single year yeah mm-hmm. it is like everyone's nice. off we shut down so so here's the
0: my my opinion on on the whole burner thing is it's much harder to do correctly if you're really trying to achieve the full separation these can get compromised like all, all this stuff because the thing is the times that i have gone full burner it is so inconvenient it's like shit i need access to my email i need access to my text messages (laughs) i need access to this i need access to that that you're like off the grid yeah you you end up installing access to your sensitive stuff on a device that is not as secure as your main device is how it ends how, how it ends up going unless you're unless you're fine being completely separated from everything like you're actually on pto whatever um burner devices uh, and and also unless you're buying like brand new super nice phone you're probably going to get an old crappy android it's probably going to be on some old operate old version of the operating system and you're going to end up adding access to it because you're going to need
1: access to something and
0: you're actually in a worse place because of it
1: yep yeah so i'm not you, yeah it, yeah if you use a temporary device like make sure it's one that is currently supported not an older device not yeah. like yeah if if you're going to go that far like I just buy the cheapest iPhone, right? That mm-hmm. I can get um at that time that uh that is fully supported and and you know still and has updates coming to it when I use it for these travel devices. So mm-hmm.
0: pro tip, don't uh go on Craigslist and buy one of the FBI honeypot phones. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that? No. No, no. Oh uh OK, this is a sidebar, but someone bought a an Android phone off of Craigslist and it was a bona fide like FBI honeypot phone. <laughs> <Did> you- <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it had some sort of like weird encrypted like messaging on it. I'll have to look it up.
1: Oh, man. Now, now do want now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that- all, I, all, all I heard was go to, to Craigslist and buy honeypot phone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the takeaway the takeaway here is like look if you're gonna go like maybe bring a burner device i think you're gonna be in roughly the same position if you're just not an idiot um Mm -hmm. and like don't yeah yeah stay on 4g turn off wi-fi turn off bluetooth and also just assume like if you're gonna go one of the one of these conferences just assume like yeah you might get popped because the thing is even if you have everything up to date there are cases where there's going to be Oday dropped and it's yep. going to it's going to get the it's not known prior to the conference. I think this doesn't happen as much as it used to because Odes you can actually sell them uh, much more easily now than you used to be able to, so they're more valuable and, and easier to turn into profit. And so it's, let, it's doing it for the lulls is uh, less expensive. expensive. Yeah, expensive, expensive. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sold on burner devices are the way to go. Having done it a few times, it it seemed like it, it, the trade-off just, just wasn't worth it. But you can do it. You can do it. Just stay away from Drew. You'll be fine. What? Uh, the, and one of the, one of the other things, we're, we're not even going to let you respond to that, Drew. The, one of the next <laughs> things that we have here is, look, the the talks are going to be online. The mm-hmm. people are also going to be online. But <laughs> you, you should hang out with the people at these places. Like, the, 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 the best part about Defcon is always the the folks that you're talking to going to the villages, learning new new technologies, competing in some of the competitions. It's The the talks are great. They're honestly some of the best every year, usually come from Defcon, but they will be recorded. And honestly, if you really want to learn stuff from them, you're probably going to go back and watch them anyways. So you can totally go in and watch all of those talks. But I'm telling you, a lot of the value you can get from these conferences is going to be in the people that you meet, the relationships that you build, the hands-on learning that you have access to, like in the car hacking village, and not
1: really the content of the talks that you can see there. You can always watch them after the fact. Yep. Fully agree. If your DEF CON experience doesn't involve you going and hacking with other people or, or conversing or having meetings, whether it be lunch or dinner meetings or... You know, in their hotel rooms or going to other items outside of just the talks at DEF CON, you did DEF CON incorrectly, in -hmm. my opinion. Like, Mm -hmm. there are – DEF CON is so much – it is a networking event, first and foremost, which is why – actually, part of the reason why I'm not going this year, because people I wanted to network with, they told me they're not going. And I was just like, oh, okay. Cool. So we're gonna go to California and play golf together then, right? Because you're not gonna go. So and they're like, yeah, sure. And that's exactly what happened, right? It's not like you know, uh, people are are just worried about like the Delta variant and stuff like that this year. There are lots of my friends going. I was going literally until last week. So, um, but it is the the meetings that you're going to have there uh, that are going to be the most beneficial for you, especially especially if you are trying to break into this industry yeah. or you are just getting into um, or you're like really young in the industry. Uh, I don't know if I have too much
0: more to add on the people side. It really is about the people. It's, um, besides career growth and an opportunity to learn things, it's also an opportunity to make lifelong friends. <laughs> you, yeah, that's, but I, but that's, I mean, that's, really, that's how we know each other. I mean, not, yeah. not specifically through conferences, but through, through this community. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to meet people who share your interests and, yeah, hopefully you'll be lifelong friends. I, I do want to <laughs> – you guys were talking about not going to the talks. Mm. Uh, I I think there's a better methodology to it or at least I'm partial to the way I go about doing it. Mm. But And that's because um, the papers are online uh, immediately, but the videos, there is some lag time. Yeah, that's true. So, if you if there's a talk that you're really interested in and you may want to leverage that talk, you know, it, let's say three months, within three months of DEF CON, you should probably attend that talk.
1: Or yeah, at least record
0: fair. it. Yep. yep. Yeah. And that's, uh, there There are, anytime that a friend of mine is talking, I will go see their talk and support them. If there is something that is exceedingly interesting, maybe go in and see in the talk. So, I, yeah, I, I don't, it's not a... It's not so cut and dry. Um, but yes, I guess my, my only point to emphasize is if you're going to an academic conference, you're going to like a conference in like many other industries, you might think that the focus is the content of the talks that are being given there. There is so much other stuff outside of that in these hacker conferences. Um, yeah. that, that don't, don't, don't think that that is, the, that is the main focus. Yeah. But how about LobbyCon?
1: <laughs> that's where it's
0: at lobby yeah. con <laughs> so this is this is a you know what one thing that uh there, there's a lot of drinking at these conferences um there's a lot of drinking in the security community in general there's, yeah there's a lot of drinking in the security, yeah. security
1: community actually it's quite quite the problem uh, yeah but I, I that's agree. for another episode
0: that that's that's for another episode and and we're gonna i guess somewhat make light of it here uh because the number of times that i've had really fun conversations with really fun people over beers at these sorts of conferences is i you know i i'm just thinking about the times that we're like walking through the lobby with mark's hat on that has like the leds on it and we're just going like like bar hopping and stuff and then it's super fun but the Lobby conning is specifically talking about, depending on the venue that, uh, that DEFCON is in, there will typically be a lobby bar en route to the entrance, and a lot of people will hang out at that specific lobby bar. And knowing the sorts of people that hang out there, I would highly recommend at least stopping by and saying hi, <laughs> just 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 start up a conversation with somebody, because um, there's a very specific group of people that likes to likes to be in that place, and they are always uh, uh, fun to be around and, and and fun to be a part of. And generally, lobbycons pop in for the entire duration of DefCon,
1: like mm-hmm. at any at, given hour, twenty four hours a day, twenty four <laughs> hours, seven days a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it is. Even if you don't know anyone. I, again, this is the approachability uh, at DEF CON. Just go up and be like, yo, what's up? And start talking. And, and I know you'll be like, ah, I can't do that. Like, it's really hard. It's hard for me. And I have to do it all the time. But it's still, I'm like, oh, I don't know these people. But I'll just go up and be like, what's up? Right? And start listening to the conversation and and uh, start interfacing or and, and start meeting new people. So you got to get over your anxiety for doing that. I know I also have that, but it is the greatest thing that you can do. It's actually how I started to do trainings at Black hat is because I did that exact thing uh, where I was talking to a group of people and then that group of people were like, holy crap, yeah, you should totally like do the trainings with this trainer at, at Black hat and mm-hmm. the next year I was doing that and this was like my second black hat I was going to or my first this was my first black hat actually. So, like, this is, this is how you can advance your, your career, but not just that, but meet cool people that will become friends of yours in the industry for a long, long time.
0: How about the vendors, villages, and workshops? What are some of y'all's favorites? What should folks absolutely go see? Assuming it's that, I, I honestly have not even looked at the schedule of who all is even going to be present at DEF CON this year. and I know that it's scaled down, so it could very well be that some of these villages, that this information is only relevant for next year, but what are the places that that y'all think are absolutely worth stopping by if you go by time i've spent in each village for me it's probably the lock picking village mhm it's very cool when you enter into the lock picking village there's a bunch of tables just set up everywhere in this large room with locks and Full lock, of picks. lock picks they just it's just covered every it's, table it's like they just, just just literally just like threw their hands into the air with buckets of lock picks and it just <laughs> falls everywhere Yep. And there's all sorts of, you know, fun tools there. Um, There are lock picking competitions to see who can pick through various locks, you know, fastest. And there are some other funny things. Um, I remember there being this one set of Japanese handcuffs that people would. uh, Apparently, they were really difficult to pick. And people would, you know, put them on their wrists and pick them and be like, yeah, I did. I got out of these uh, handcuffs. But then every once in a while, someone would put them on and be like, "Oh, oh, I'm like actually stuck."
1: Uh, help.
0: <laughs> help. <laughs> that that brings me back to my first ever security conference, which was B sides in Atlanta. Um, and Taylor, if you're listening, you you are one of one of the the folks that helped get me into all this stuff. I remember going to the lock picking like there was a lock picking table, and this guy Taylor was like, "Hey." you should try this. I was like I am sorry, I don't know how. And was like no no no, just just try it. See. And it was that day that I learned just how easy lock picking is and that was when I bought my first and only lock pick set. Like it's it, like if you don't know how to pick locks, that's why you should go to this. You should learn how easy it is because it's pretty eye-opening, especially if you live in the US because in the US we have like the the standard locks that are going to be on most of your doors are not going to have security pins. Are not going to have like a- any of the protections that are like basically standard in a lot of other countries. The door locks that we have in general in the United States are real mm-hmm. not good, mm-hmm. not great.
1: Yeah, that's because we haven't been invaded. That's that, the legitimate reason. That makes sense. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I love the Lockpink Village. Um Bobik and and Dave, who are the two people who started Tool in the U.S., I should say it's tool us um they're they're very good friends of mine we actually run a training facility together um so maybe i'm a little biased uh i would agree with you Uh, they're pretty cool people um but yeah it's uh it it is it's just a cool place to hang out even if you're you know even if you do lock picking professionally as like a job i still like going there because i can just chill out and relax and you know pick some some locks uh a lot of locks that they'll have there will be beginner friendly, so it doesn't take a lot of effort to pick it, but just sit down and just be like, "Hey, what's up? Let's pick some locks mm-hmm. um, and it's easier if if you're again that that if you have a you know if you have social anxiety and you don't want to go talk to people, it Picking is easier is yep mm-hmm. yep it, it is easier to go to that area. And then, like, you're going to be forced to be involved in a conversation because you're all sitting mm-hmm. in round tables, very conducive to, to conversations. It is. Mm-hmm. Right? And regardless of whether you're talking or not, someone is going to start talking and then you'll get pulled into it. Mm-hmm. So, it's always a good time. I also really like the Tamper Evident
0: Village, which is... I, 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 I agree. Mentally categorized in the same bucket, uh, in my mind, with, with block picking. But Tamper Evident is a place where uh, you've seen tamper evident seals before. Like it's a sticker that if you peel it off, it's obvious that the sticker was on before and is now off. The whole point is like making sure that folks haven't opened something or some way to prove that something has not been tampered with. Well, the tamper evident village teaches you how to bypass all of those things. (laughs) So, So if you see one of these tamper evident, tamper proof tags, you can actually take a tamper proof tag or sticker off, get access to the content of it and then put it back on. Uh, without alerting anyone to the fact that you've done that. So I, that that one is always a pretty, pretty interesting to me. And that one's read uh, by it Datagram.
1: Too. It's it's amazing, like the work that he does on that.
0: Uh, after spending just maybe an hour in that village, you'll look at tamper evident seals and whatnot with new eyes. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yeah. And then there's the car hacking village, which we've actually brought up on, we spoke about at length uh, on on a previous episode when we were interviewing our friend Craig Smith. Um, but there's nowhere else in the world that you're going to have as much access to hack the internals of a car than at the car hacking village. And they usually do some crazy stuff like let you hit a Tesla with a sledgehammer. Um, Oh my (laughs) god! Yeah. (laughs) I want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. No, you got it. You have to go to the car hacking village. It's, it's usually one of the biggest villages by, um, square footage as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and the, the folks behind it, the folks that run it and the, the, uh, it, it's just a great place you have to go by.
1: And I think, I think a new addition that came about, which is now even a hotter topic than it was when it first was around, uh, is that, uh, voting security or voting mm-hmm. hacking village, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to see the, the realities of how these systems might be designed or something like that. Um, and, uh, and you just get to play with voting machines, right? Like you can you can try to find voting machines online and buy them. They're usually fairly expensive, used. Um, or you could just go to Defcon and uh, hack on the voting machines there if you want. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, I, I think it's a cool village. I hope it stays around. Um, or if it doesn't stay around permanently, it should be a village that shows up every four years. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> Coinciding man. with uh, with the presidential elections here, <clears throat> and there's this, so this one's not a uh, not a village per se, but it is a competition, and it's one that I that I think is quite entertaining. I mentioned it before, called Hack Fortress, which is where you have it's a tournament, and each team has a number of people that are playing Team Fortress Two the first person shooter, and then a bunch of people that are participating in a capture the flag competition. And so you have two teams going head to head where on each team you have a group of people that are playing the first person shooter and then a group of people that are competing in a CTF. And as the CTF team gets objectives done, they actually get power ups that they can use in game. So they can basically either cripple the opposing team or buff their team. But the whole point is, yeah, it's this—it's this hybrid of capture the flag plus uh, team fortress two, where it like it's all kind of tied together. And then the, I think there was one year that it was like a black badge competition. Um, but it's just—it's a great example of how it's like, oh yeah, they've taken security and gaming and put it together and turned it into this like really weird and cool uh, competition. So I, I always find that quite entertaining. And lastly, for DEFCON, have y'all ever played the game Spot the Fed?
1: I have been incorrectly spotted before. (laughs) (laughs) That That surprises me not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I had this guy, he's like, yo, you a Fed. And I was just like, man, if you want to go down this rabbit hole, you're going to lose so bad. (laughs) 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 All right, so what is Spot the Fed? So Spot the Fed is a game that actually isn't around that much anymore yep. because mm-hmm. of uh, post Edward Snowden um, uh, people are getting angry at the feds uh, so because it was no longer a conspiracy theory that they were listening to uh, you know everything or, 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 or recording everything um, so Spot the Fed was a fun game where you would at a there was a designated time where you could present uh, you can go to one of the goons, um, or actually, you could do this at any time, but then they would present it on stage uh, where you would say, This person is a Fed. And then when you would present your data or your findings on stage, you would give them reasons for why you believe this person is a Fed. And if the Fed was, uh, you know, a, a, a cool dude or, or girl, uh, they would go on stage with you and you would say, I believe they're fed because of X, Y, and Z. They're wearing shorts, sandals, and a Hawaiian shirt. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they they have Oakley sunglasses and way uh, too clean cut. Yeah they they have they have cut hair and and they don't smell. So these are reasons <laughs> they are a fed. Uh, but then you but then uh, a goon could ask the fed a question such as so the goon is the judge, right? Um, and Goon is just a general security person at DEF CON, if you don't mm-hmm. know. But the Goon could say things like that. The Instantly, the first question that they would ask is like, do you have a cat card for work? And it's like, oh, OK. And the person would be like, I do use a cat card for work. And then it's like, OK, uh, do you have a .gov or .mil or some type of email address, right? And they'd be like, I do have a .gov email address. Uh, And then, you know, you could ask other questions. But at that time, I mean, pretty much it's like, okay, yeah, this person's a Fed. So (laughs) the person who brought them up would say, would get a shirt that says, I spotted the Fed. And then the Fed would get a shirt that says, I was spotted. Right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, and in the Fed world, um, those shirts are kind of like badges of honor. So if you are like spotted, like you can wear that, and and people will give it a, a laugh, right? Mm-hmm. And you're typically if you're wearing it, it's because you went on stage and you were a good sport mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So it was I I personally I wish it would like come back, but yeah, I had a person. So the 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 quick story was. This I was in the room where they were presenting the facts for Spot the Fed, and they're just like, you have a uh, collared shirt, like a polo shirt. You have you're wearing uh, uh, cargo pants, and you have you know sneakers on. You have Oakley sunglasses, um, and you know you are clean cut and shaven. And this guy who's sitting right next to me, like they're going through this list of what this guy's wearing. And I'm wearing the exact same thing, like I should, like, same color shirt, same color of like cargo pants, same sneakers. And this guy's just looking at me. And I was just like, bro, if you do this, like you're going to lose because I see him looking at me really hard. I'm like, I'm drinking right now. Like if I was a Fed, do you think I'd be drinking? And he was like, oh, man, no, I think you're a Fed. You're totally a Fed. I was like, I'm not. I promise you. He's like, who wears Oakley sunglasses? Like, you're dressed just like him. He's probably your co-worker. <laughs> so he was brought a he, goon over and he was just like, I think this guy's a Fed. And uh, the goon talked to me. Uh, and He's like, the goon asked, like, are you a Fed? And I was like, no, nah, I'm not. I, I work for a defense contracting company, but I'm not a Fed. And he was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> and, and he went back to the guy, and he was like, "You would probably lose this contest if you uh, brought him on stage." So the guy didn't bring me on stage. But yeah, oh, that's, that's too uh, funny. <laughs> I wish they would bring it back. It's fun, and 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 I, you know, I think the hostility over feds has, yeah. has gone away. And yeah. as as people who had known people who were spotted, um, uh they they also had a fun time doing it. Right? It's a it's a fun thing to do. It's just a you know, typical, um, typical DEFCON event that I wish would come back. That and the the notion that,
0: in a lot of cases, we're actually not on the same side. I think is is misplaced. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's detrimental. Yeah, yeah. And we're getting close to the end here, so the last thing that we're going to talk about, real quick, is cover. You know, we we have all spoken at conferences, um. So just real quick, let's run down the line of what.
1: If not the first conference talk that you've given, what's the favorite conference talk that you've given? My first conference talk was at Torcon 13. Uh, I submitted late uh, because I didn't know if I was going to submit at all. But uh, David, the organizer of Torcon, was generous enough to both accept my talk as the first talk uh, that I was ever going to give. And it was about flaws in the cellular network. Um, on the back end. And it really launched my career. And it was given at TorCon 13, which is, again, just adds to it being my favorite conference. Nice. Um, the first talk that I was
0: supposed to give, but I never got to give, was at Black Hat 2014, which was home insecurity, uh, no alarms, false alarms, and SIGINT. And yeah, I was set to give that talk, but one of the affected vendors really started leaning on my employer, who then started leaning on me, and it just never came to be. Oh, weird how that happens, isn't I, it? There's there, there's a handful that I would say here, but I think, um, no, actually, Logan and I and another one of our friends gave a talk at DEF CON, he was 26, I don't know, it was in the 20s, but it was yeah. about, uh, we, it was called cable Tap. Then we had done a bunch of research into vulnerabilities in set-top boxes and cable modems. And uh, we got like 26 CVEs out of it. And it was super fun. <laughs> I think it was a vulnerability pinata. And, uh, and then we also had some folks leaning on us to no longer talk about it. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's on it's on YouTube, CableTap, DEF CON, and uh, you, you can see Logan back when he had longer hair. <laughs> the vulns we found in, for that talk were just absolutely insane. The so much fun. Oh, uh, like something else, CSI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, not enough time to talk about. We should we should take an episode where we actually take like 15, 20 minutes each and we just dive into our favorite talks, uh, our, our favorite research that we've done. Um that'd be fun yeah yeah yeah. we should we should do that that's it that's it that's it that's That's all so here are your three takeaways for today's uh podcast one hacker conferences are a foundational part of modern hacker culture two hacker summer camp or the week of black hat and defcon is something worth attending at least once just for the insight and then three conferences are about the community and people attending and you can always watch the talks later We hope we've provided some insight into what to expect at security conferences and just how much fun they are. Whether you're looking to learn something, further your career, or make new friends, attending security conferences is never dull and a unique memorable experience. Just remember our tips, be safe, and have a good time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Security Explained. If you enjoyed listening, we'd love to hear from you. We're always looking for new topics that our audience finds interesting and you might be able to pick our next show feel free to reach out via social media or give us a rating on your listening platform to let us know how we're doing. You can find us on the web at securityexplained.fm or on Twitter at SecExplained. Thanks again, and until next time, stay safe.